0: Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans Oklahoma State football podcast, presented by Zaxby's. I am your host Scott Wright, joined by a carload of uh, of Oklahoman folks: Jacob Unruh, Barry Trammell, Jenny Carlson. Just uh, this is the uh, the post game edition of the Cowboy Chronicles. Coming out, coming off of Oklahoma State's thirty four. 27 victory over TCU, and as always, the Cowboy Chronicles is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today, or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. All right, everyone, let's uh, let's dive into this thing. Uh, tons of interesting storylines that uh, that came out of this game and this week. Uh, starting with Tylen Wallace's injury, of course, and then we learned that Johnny Wilson was injured in, uh, in just a, a few minutes after that. Um, Trey Sterling, there's a debate as to which day he was actually injured, uh, whether you want to believe Mike Gundy or, uh, or Dylan Stoner, uh, whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, middle of the week, uh, shook up the defense, had to make a lot of changes there. Uh, and then, obviously, the game itself, Dylan Stoner performing well, Chuba Hubbard having a crazy day, Spencer Sanders being uh, you know not too flashy but uh, but effective, all sorts of things. The defense, the defense was great. All sorts of things to get to. So let's uh, let's dive in and start with uh, start with this Jacob on uh, on Chuba Hubbard the um, the numbers that he put up never happened against a, a, a Gary Patterson coached TCU team. In uh, in nineteen years, nobody had ever gone over two hundred yards, uh, and it only took him twenty carries. That might be the most surprising number of uh, of the whole thing. Yeah, here's the thing that really stands out to me about Chuba.
1: Gundy has talked for the entire season that they're giving him too many carries, too many carries. So they've reduced his carries last two weeks, and his numbers keep going up. Somehow they've figured out the solution, and that's just to get him more yards. And you don't need to give the ball as much, I guess. Um, but no, this might be the one of the most impressive performances by Chuba this season against the Gary Patterson rush defense. Breaks loose, outruns everybody twice for big long runs. But he, he turned a lot of negative plays into positive plays and really kept the ball moving uh, on a day that the offense could have easily stalled out
0: more with the loss of Tylen Wallace. Absolutely, and it was uh, that could have been a, a a devastating blow, Barry, but it did not uh did not seem to phase these guys which was impressive to me
2: well here's how osu scored this year via the big play this has not been a grinded out offense this has not been a real efficient offense this is not six yards here eight yards there nine yards here that's not what this offense has been all season it's been it's been uh feast or famine and they've won via the big play and then they lost. You know, they, they, they come in with uh, with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. They got two home run hitters in mm-hmm. Tyron Wallace and, and uh, Chuba Hubbard. And all of a sudden, you don't have Lou Gehrig. And what do you do? You, not a lot of optimism that, that they could make up for it. And what do the Cowboys do? They come out and keep hitting home runs. Three more plays over 50 yards. Uh, all three touchdowns. The the big pass to Dylan Stoner, fifty four, I think it was, sixty two and ninety two yards, uh, by uh, Chuba Hubbard. To me, it's a it's a uh, very very impressive thing against a Gary Patterson defense to come out and do the same things you've done all season, and and be able to do it in that kind of adversity. And what I like about it, in which, you know, multiple people said it, so I guess it's true. Gundy's orders to Sean Gleason on Wednesday night were don't change the game plan. Keep the same game plan that we put in with knowing Tyron Wallace or believing Tyron Wallace was going to be ready. And they stuck with the same game plan. And the same game plan they put in for Wallace thrived without Wallace.
0: And obviously uh, a lot of different factors played into that. But, uh, but Jenny, you wrote about, uh, about Hubbard and – his uh his, his his uniqueness and we're uh, we're really getting to witness something pretty special aren't we
3: oh for sure yeah i mean there were so many numbers to break down with this day he had and i didn't even get into all of them and that was my job to get into them and so there were some i left on the on the uh, cutting room floor including the fact that there were two teams this year that the teams didn't rush for over 100 yards against TCU. This TCU defense is really good this year, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always good with Gary Patterson, but this is this is potentially the best defense in the Big 12. Uh, Chuba Hubbard on his two big runs almost had more rushing yards on those two plays than I think it was maybe five of the seven opponents this year that TCU has faced. I mean, just some some crazy stats when you when you really start to add it up with with what Hubbard did today. But as uh, as Jacob mentioned earlier, you know, to me the thing that's really unique about him is he has that big play potential, but he's also able to turn uh, something that you know could be zero negative yards into three yards eight yards he did it on that that possession that ended in Matt Amendola's 43 yard field goal at the end of the game and one of them was a second and seven play that he gets eight yards they move the chains one of them was the last play from scrimmage before the kick after they'd had two really not good plays on first and second down sort of uh uh look like they were almost just trying to run clock and not do much. And it was not helping Matt Amantola's uh, ability to, to make that field goal. So Chuba gets some positive yards and then he kicks that 43 yarder. So some big plays that aren't your highlight real plays, but this guy is a unique combination of those home runs like Barry was talking about, but he's also able to hit the singles or stretch singles and doubles. If you want to continue, continue the baseball, whatever it is, um, Analogy, um, but yeah, I mean, just I think he's the most electric player in college football, and I'm not saying that means he's going to win the Heisman or awards or whatever. But he's one of those guys that every time he gets the ball, you feel like it could be something special, and you're really, you're really uh, hard pressed to look away.
0: Well, let me let me let me throw this out there because I I find it interesting because what Jenny said is is accurate. Chuba Hubbard's not going to win the Heisman barring, you know running for uh 250 a game from here on out if uh if the heisman was more designed the way that it was initially intended how would how would he actually stack up in this in 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 this race do you think barry
2: well his biggest pro Chuba's biggest problem is he's in the wrong era um from about Starting in the mid '60s, and really Southern Cal is the reason. The, the tailback position became sort of the glamour position in college football in the mid '60s, and for better part of 25 years, the superstars of college football were tailbacks. The USC lineage: Mike Garrett and O.J. Simpson, and and um, uh, oh, uh, for crying out loud, the dude. Uh, Marcus Allen um, uh, Charles White year after year USC had great tailbacks but then you also Earl Campbell Herschel Walker, Barry Sanders Billy Sims um, you just the, the, the heroes and the biggest stars of college football were tailbacks now it's quarterbacks and we vote a tailback in as the Heisman winner now only by default if you got nobody else to vote for you'll vote for a you know, a Mark Ingram or somebody, but um, you know, if 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 Chuba Hubbard was doing this 30 years ago, he'd be the runaway Heisman favorite. There's not any question about that. But in this age of the spread, with the quarterbacks putting up all these crazy numbers, quarterbacks are automatic. And this year, there's a bunch of good quarterbacks, starting with the kid at LSU, Joe Burrow, who has a nice who has a nice story, and and Tua at Alabama, and you know, on down the line. So. He's not going to win the Heisman. It's mainly just bad timing. And here's the thing about that with
1: the Heisman. He's not going to win it. So OSU fans need to enjoy it while it lasts because he's not, it's starting to look like he's not coming back. Well, that's, it, it, yeah. you expect it. The, the, no, you're it's right. It's expected to not come back. And so he's not going to get a shot next year. And so the campaign's fun. Everything's fun watching him do this. But it's, t- it's time to enjoy it while it lasts.
0: The Chubacabra is fun. Chubacabra. He was on the loose tonight, that's for sure. All right, still lots of stuff to get into. Let's take a quick break. Coming right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright. Joined by Jacob Unruh, Barry Trammell, Jenny Carlson Discussing Oklahoma State's 34-27 win over TCU Let's uh, move to the defensive side of the ball Even, the, even though there's so much more that we could uh, get into in the, On the offensive side And we'll come back around to some of that And, and look at uh, what's ahead with the open week And, uh, and, and Kansas and the return of less Miles And all of those sorts of fun things But um, the defense not only played well not only got turnovers but you've seen a change in attitude and it and it it seems very deliberate to me and Jacob you wrote a little bit about the uh the swagger that this defense is playing with right now and and trying to display you're
1: starting to see guys who don't normally celebrate celebrate uh Israel Antwine who you and I both covered in high school we've We've never seen him celebrate a play, ever. He didn't really celebrate when would won to state title. And he's celebrating sacks today. Malcolm Rodriguez, who didn't even celebrate his pick six that won the game last year, or last week, sorry, didn't even celebrate then. He celebrates a sack today. Uh, you got Tyler Lacey hitting a home run. We're keeping the baseball puns here. Um, you've got Mike Gundy comparing Colby Harvell Peel to Willie Mays on an interception. Uh, you got Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Willie Mays going right now for the, for the OSU. So we're we're hitting the Hall of Fame trifecta. Uh, but it, it was just a different look at this defense last week. They started to realize they can make the plays in the crunch time to really make things happen and, and be a good defense. And tonight it really showed. They had the, the second quarter lull. I still think the offense didn't necessarily help them out a lot then with some quick three and out possessions. Kept giving the ball back to TCU. Um, but then they came out in that second half, had six straight possessions, where it was either a turnover or a punt. And and that really turned the game as Chuba had another big touchdown run. Uh, OSU got up 31-17 really fast. And the defense, you can just see, starts to build momentum. And it's a good sign. Uh, players talked about they're comfortable in Jim Knoll's system now. They're starting to get really... Figure things out of what he wants them to do, Uh, and Knowles and Gundy both just really enjoyed watching these guys uh, have some moments to celebrate. Finally,
2: it's a the Jim Knowles is starting to grow on me, as it not as a personality, but as a coach. Yeah, he's fun to talk to because he's got that East Coast accent and all that, and sort of a dry sense of humor. He walked in tonight, and uh, they announced, you know, the the uh, PR guy said. Uh, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles and a couple of us turned to sort of follow him to his chair to sit down and talk to him. And he said, nobody cares about defense. <laughs> and um, But the truth is, we do care about defense. And they're starting to play some. Nice start tonight. Three stops to start the game. Then uh, Max Dugan finds a, rib, uh, a rhythm and TCU goes for 17 points the rest of the half. But then OSU comes out six straight stops to start the second half. And that gives uh, the Cowboys enough time to find two uh, big holes for Chuba Hubbard. And it's 31-17, and the game is sort of under control. So TCU is not the Oklahoma offense. It's not even the Texas offense. But it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good offense. They scored 37 last week on Texas. They came in with the third-ranked rushing offense in the Big 12, and the Cowboys did a nice job, and to me, that's a very good sign. It looks like they're making some defensive progress.
0: Well, the turnovers are such uh, such a huge thing because that was something that was really absent from this defense for quite a while, and now they've had... Uh, three a week ago and four today that was uh that's that's a huge sign of progress jenny for this defense
3: seven and five quarters right
0: yes exactly i mean
3: that's (laughs) uh that's uh that's that's pretty good pad away yeah i mean i i think obviously uh you know what jacob said what barry said absolutely i mean they're showing more swagger but they're playing that way. You know, they're not it's not some sort of false front that then is a, you know, house of cards that is easily felled when you actually look beyond the beyond the antics. You know, these guys are playing really well. Um they're, you know, they're not they're not they're not to TCU's defensive level I don't think yet, but you know, you look at some of the things they've done this season, um and I go back to you know, some of the things that were talked about Few weeks back after the K-State game, and it continues to ring true that you know a year ago there was a lot of feeling out um, of players, of system, of Knowles, of Knowles trying to figure out where guys plugged in. You know, and let's not let's not overlook the fact that you know this is a this is a defense that lost Trey Sterling. We talked about the guys that were lost on offense, but Trey Sterling has been playing fantastically in the secondary. So you had to see um, a shift in Colby Harvell Peel moving over to Trey Sterling's spot. Obviously, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> Trey <laughs> Sterling might, might lose his job <laughs> if Colby Harvell Peel keeps playing that way. And then you saw uh, uh, Tanner McAllister move in and start uh, where Colby Harvell Peel had played. And I really, I mean, I don't think we saw maybe the kind of production that we had seen out of a Harvell Peel. From that position but you didn't see a huge drop off and so I think that there's a lot of reason to believe that you know the players are trusting Jim Knowles is trusting they're finding some footing and um and and, and just you know making some things work they're they're definitely uh headed in a way that I think has to be really um really uh, positive for a lot of Cowboy fans coaches players all of that to see
0: and Jim Knowles I think has sort of dialed into where he's comfortable and how he's comfortable bringing pressure with this defensive front. His linebackers and his safeties getting involved in some blitzes. The things that he's doing up there are really creative and the guys that are uh, that are in that front are I think really improving. We're seeing, you know, we've seen Trace Ford make Giant leaps this uh, this season, but uh, Jaden Jernigan got uh, got a sack tonight. Uh, Israel Antwine is uh, is really becoming uh, a lot more comfortable, I think, in the in this defense and in what is being asked of him and and what he's able to do now that he's uh, you know settled into uh, into his position. So the uh, the ability to get to the quarterback. I think has been uh, has been one of the most significant uh, uh, steps that, that that this defense has made in the last
2: few weeks. And let me say one thing about that, Scotty. Unsung in the pass rush is the coverage on the back end, because they've been doing some massive blitzes. And when you you know they bringing six guys, sometimes seven, and some of them are delayed blitzes. And when you when you sell out to that much blitzing. You got to be good on the back end, or right. you're going to pay for it. And so far, they've they've held up there in the secondary.
0: Yeah, they have, and uh, that's that's been obviously the key for uh, for this team to this point. You know, you look at the bad second half at Tech, the bad second half against Baylor. Um, it was it was difficulties in the secondary that that led to those uh, to those missteps. So. Um, that coverage is really playing a uh, a huge role. Um, the combination of uh, of of sacks and takeaways, getting off the field on third down, and uh, Jay, you talked a little bit about this. The their play, they're on the field a lot here lately. Yeah the the
1: idea last week they uh, Iowa State ran eighty eight plays uh, tonight. TCU ran eighty two. OSU still going in the 50 to 55 range offensively. There's just a big discrepancy in the amount of plays right now, um, but the defense continues to hold up. The time possession hasn't been a, a huge gap. That helps, obviously, um, but the defense continues to find ways even if they're stuck on the field for a long time and um, that's been really impressive to me to see them fight through something like that when, when the offense maybe isn't grinding out and they're just hitting the home runs and giving the ball right back to TCU, either three and out or home run play or whatever, the the defense continues to rise up.
0: All right, let's uh, take one more quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up here on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby. We're back on the Cowboy Chronicles. I want to remind you that uh, we will have our mailbag segment at the end of the week. Should be lots of uh, questions with an off week for the Cowboys before uh, before Kansas comes to town two weeks from now. Lots of uh, lots of questions to address in uh, after such a uh, wild week for the Cowboys. Uh, but I want to go uh, go uh, r- around the horn here and. Uh, I mentioned that there were so many fascinating storylines. There were so many great things I wanted to write about tonight that uh, didn't really get a get a chance to. But uh, uh, aside from the, the the ones that we've already talked about, uh, and Barry, we'll start with you. What uh, what was a a storyline that, uh, that that stuck out to you about this ball game?
2: Well, I don't. I'm I'm not sure we talked about it enough, or if we barely mentioned it but you wrote about it and that's the way Dylan Stoner you know uh, Chuba Hubbard sort of stole the thunder from from Dylan right but Stoner was fantastic in that first half he basically took Tylan Wallace's spot had three catches for 93 yards a 57 yard touchdown Mm -hmm. catch on a deep ball and a 22 yard leaping catch in the end zone for a touchdown I mean that's a Tylan Wallace half to yep. 93 two touchdowns and you know we we got the story from sean gleason about how when Tyland got hurt you know gleason gathered his troops and said hey we you know who, who's going to play z which is the position designation for wallace and dylan stoner said i am and when we talked about it earlier uh, i think we talked about it on the way up here we didn't even think about it, dylan stoner you know taking that slot no um we thought just one of the young guys or one of the tall guys or one of the fast guys but you know instead it was the uh, it was the uh slower smaller <laughs> older guy that did it so you know give, give dylan stoner a bunch of credit because he you know he made he made a couple of big time plays the big the 57 yarder it looked to me like you know he sort of collided up in uh intermediate range 15 yards downfield or so with the tcu guy he felt the tcu guy fell down it looked to me like that's when stoner just ran deep and said hey i'm open and and sanders found him so to me dylan stoner don't forget him in in all this hubbard love
0: i uh, i would absolutely agree and what was interesting about that um really when you listen to sean gleason tell the story and he said that he asked that question who's going to play z it was not necessarily this uh, this you know uh, deep introspective question of who's going to fill this role of Tyler Wallace. They were getting ready to go out into practice in a team period, and he needed somebody to go out and stand <laughs> in and be in that position. And Stoner steps in immediately, and uh, it was it was uh, it turned out to be a much bigger moment than probably any of them realized at the time. Jenny, is there anything that, uh, that that stands out to you that we have uh, only briefly touched on or not talked about at all?
3: I think one thing that is probably—I uh, mean, I don't—I don't know who you give the credit to. I'm not sure we had a chance to excavate this, but the offensive line to me losing Johnny Wilson—we don't know how long he's gone for sounds like Mike Gundy I don't know if you guys heard any more than what Gundy had to say after the game sounds like both Johnny Wilson and Trey Sterling are likely to return at some point this year so not long-term injuries like Tylen Wallace but um, not having Johnny Wilson out there for all of the movement that we've seen on that offensive line this year one thing that's been consistent is Johnny Wilson even if he hasn't played the same position he's been out there and so for them very late in the week as far as preparation goes to find themselves without Johnny Wilson, to me, that offensive line figuring out a way to fill the gap, have the bodies, and then do a really good job. No – I think they gave up three sacks today, um, but no quarterback hurry. So, I mean, they – and then obviously opening up the holes that they were able to open up for Chuba Hubbard, you know I I thought they did a really nice job, and uh, you know kudos to, to the players, Charlie Dickey. I, I thought again what Barry said about not changing the scheme, you know in that instance I think it says a lot about those guys to be able to carry on and do what they do what they did without a, a big piece to that offensive line.
0: Yeah, Wilson's uh, leadership and uh, and and guidance as as the um the vocal leader and the the dominant personality on that group is uh is really something that we probably don't give him enough credit for because he is uh he is incredibly vital to that group um also bryce bray returned in the second half had that ankle injury a week ago and uh and made it back and and uh, seemed to fill in well at that at that right guard spot so if they've got uh, the two of them uh, back at, at some point that really solidifies everything. But uh, even without Johnny Wilson having Bryce Bray back in the fold is uh, is incredibly helpful. Uh, Jacob, now that we've uh, nearly uh, taken all the good storylines, anything uh, anything else that uh, that you'd like to discuss?
1: Nope, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> You know, I think one thing that senses to me was the, the job the defense did and the special teams did on Jalen Rieger. Yeah. Um, this guy is incredibly fast and dangerous. Um, he was he had one punt return for seven yards, um, which, what, triples? Uh, what OSU's allowed all season on a punt return total? They ran, what, two yards coming into this? And uh, all season. And he gets seven. Uh, kudos to him. But uh, that's not going to get it done. And, uh, you know, he he did have a big day receiving uh, with 128 yards on seven receptions. It didn't seem to be that big of a deal in, uh, when he's out there. But I really like the way that the defense blanketed him. Um, he got the ball. They got him down quickly as possible. Um, didn't let him just break free the whole time. Um, and and uh, Jim Knowles, they had to adjust to that in the second half. They had to start – rolling a guy over the top uh, to, to keep him in check because he had such a big second quarter. Um, but they adjusted well to him, and uh, that really impressed me.
0: Very good. I'll, uh, I'll bring it back around to, uh, to Dylan Stoner to, fish, to finish up this, uh, this brief discussion. One of, the, uh, uh, one of my favorite stories that came out of this about Stoner was that Wednesday night after practice was over, he immediately he left practice and went straight to the film room and started watching Tylen Wallace film because he wanted to look at his route running and his, um, you know, the, where he was catching the ball, how he was catching the ball, where he was releasing from a route and uh, making different moves and all this, the different things that he does. And obviously, Stoner knows that there are things that Wallace does that he will never be able to do uh, because he is such a unique talent. But... He knew that he could learn more and be better in that role, and uh, it was it was fascinating to listen to him talk about it. So, um, with that, I think uh, you know we'll have plenty on Kansas in the uh, in the the podcasts to come. Uh, we'll have our midweek podcast, and uh, maybe uh, maybe get uh, maybe we get a guest this week. Might be a good uh, good week for a guest. So uh, we'll look in, uh, look into that, and, uh, of course, we'll have our mailbag, so jump in if you want to take part in that. But for now, that will do it for the Cowboy Chronicles post-game podcast, which is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.